Hi, welcome to You Glow Girls, The Journey. Today's show promises to be one of the most impactful discussions of the year. We'll hear from four different panelists with four different impactful views. They will be discussing how to bridge the gap between the pulpit and the pew. So sit back, relax, grab a snack, and prepare for your life to be changed. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to You Glow Girls, The Journey. I am your host, Latarsha Pratt, and we are happy to have you here with us. Um, tonight, we have a few guests who are going to be participating in Availing Ministries, Iron Sharpens Iron Revival, um, this coming weekend. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that venture. We're also going to be talking about their ministries, their individual ministries. And they also have some things going on with them personally. So I cannot wait to get into it. I'm going to introduce our guests at this time. Um, on my right, we have Bishop Kevin Williams. Right next to me, we have uh, Pastor John Dye. And we also have on our end here, Pastor Leroy McDowell. Let us welcome them. Everyone welcome. Um, so let's get right into it because we have a lot of things to discuss. Bishop, I want to start with you. Um, when you got the call, the invitation about participating in the revival, what was your first reaction? Uh, well, initially I was just happy to be invited because I don't take for granted Anytime someone God lays on me on someone's heart to come minister to uh, the people of God, and then um, more or less considering what would God have me to say, what direction, and what is on the mind of God concerning this season and this time, uh, and considering where I am in my life right. and compared to what God is doing right now. So just kind of tap, still trying to tap into exactly what God wants to say, because being that I've been preaching from 16 mm. and I'm 54. I got plenty of messages, right. but I want to have the right message for that particular service. Right. Yeah. So when you um, when you saw that the theme was for Iron Sharpens Iron, and then the sub-theme is to let my people go, did that register something within you? Uh, for me, it registered more on the uh, let my people go, uh, dealing with the fact that a lot of us in church, or not in church, are living a life that's um, bound in a lot of bondages and strongholds that we need to come out of mm -hmm. and a lot of times we're blaming quote unquote everything on it's the devil and there's some things that's just us right. that we gotta free our minds from especially uh in the culture and the day and time we live in we are held captive to a whole lot of religious bondages yeah. that if we're going to get this end time harvest we're gonna have to let some of that stuff go okay. Amen. So that was Amen. my kind of Amen. thought pattern concerning it okay and what are your hopes um what kind of impact do you want to bring to this venture well, my greatest hope is is a change of mind for the people of God. Uh, you know, I know we use the word deliverance, um, but a change of mind that people would sincerely repent because repent means to turn away from, to go back to your zenith, to go back to your highest place in God, with your right. relationship with God. And so that we, not only the world, but those of us who name the name of Jesus Christ, we would get rid of some of our strongholds and our mindset, our religious boundaries, mm -hmm. and recognize again that if we're going to help people be free. We got to be free first. Absolutely. And we can't hold people bond, bound to our own ideologies, our own theologies, Amen. our own Amen. dogmas. Right. Um, again, being in church most of my life, there's right. a whole lot of things Amen. that I still wrestle with right. on holding on to some old school stuff yeah. and trying to say, okay, 
is that biblical or is that just that's what you were taught right. and oh, what do I need God. to let go like, in right. order to win this generation without letting down the standard right Amen. and okay since we since you went there let's turn that corner for a second and I'm going to ask this same question um, to the other two as well now what kind of change has taken place in you since you got the invitation and have been praying concerning God moving have you seen something different about yourself um, in this process Oh, well, I'm going to say since the invitation, it's been a couple of months to years now okay. that God has been dealing with me about some things, again, that I held to like it was the Bible, okay. um, that I've just had to wake up to the fact that I ain't sending people to hell. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sending them to hell based on my own ideology and what I feel is right and wrong, but recognizing now that some of the things that we hold to to try to say this is gonna send people to hell, this is going this is not right, right. But what is God's view on it? Right. You know, um and that has been like again over some years changing my mindset on certain things and right. looking to the word of God to see what God's mind is on and not what people say God's mind is on. Absolutely, because it's definitely a process mm-hmm. and we are all growing Amen. and changing and growing in grace to be relevant in what God is trying to do. I'm gonna um ask you the same question. When you got the um invitation, how did that affect you? Um, sort of like like Bishop said, I was, I've been, you know, just on the threshold of believing that God was going to open the door for something different. Okay. Some, some, a new move, a new wave of him. I've often, like Bishop said, I've been in church practically all my life. Right. And we've heard the church say, go from glory to glory to glory. And, and I haven't seen the glory to glory to glory. Wow. And then That's we experienced something like COVID. Right. And. Uh, and and we were we were had to leave the church. We couldn't go to church. We had to stay home. And I'm convinced that when there's a change like that, uh-huh. something has to happen and give birth in you. Either you get worse or you get better. Absolutely. Because you shouldn't go through something after three years. We couldn't go see our loved ones. We couldn't fellowship. We couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And and after coming out of that trauma you're still the same. Right. So I was looking when, when I got the invitation, okay. the, the words, let my people go, yeah. really stirred up in my spirit. Okay. Because I said the same thing. I said, the people of God don't understand or know who they are. Right. So that deals with their character. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, we should have character, commitment, and consistency. But right. none of those three things were ever taught to me in all the 35 years I've been in ministry. Wow. It was just the hoop, the holler, the homiletics. Right. Wow. But when it comes down to it, God wants us to go from glory to glory. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply, not just have babies, but yeah. multiply in our business, multiply in our mindset, multiply in all the things that we uh, could, could and should multiply in. I've seen it not happening, but I've seen it now in this dispensation of time that God has called me into ministry. Awesomeness. Back into ministry. So you're going to be one of the panelists um, for the Saturday morning discussion. And that topic is bridging the gap between the pulpit and the pew. Yes. Now, what does that speak to you without giving too much away from the discussion? But what that gives to me is relationship versus religion. That's because awesome. we've been we've been we've been religiousized, I call it, if that's okay. a proper word. Okay. But God is trying to bring us to a relationship with him. Absolutely. Religion is, is, is man's way to try to get to God. Uh-huh. Relationship is man's purpose and knowing of God. Wow. 
and I believe that we're we're we we we're religious. We we've been religious. We as Bishop said, we we we've done that. We've been in the church. We we heard the different theologies and how we um well you you can't you sit on the front row, cross your legs, cover your head, do we've had all the religiosity. Yeah. But we haven't been infused by the relationship wow. that we should have with Jesus wow. Christ. Do you believe that I heard you mention um the uh the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, it is my belief that, um, you know, no matter uh, what people say about it and how people try to demonize it, I do believe that God did allow it oh, yes. to reveal things yes. and to um, help us to understand. Uh, it was like a mirror putting, yes. um, being put up in front of us where we needed to reflect yes. on what we needed to get rid of and what, um, you know, uh, direction we needed to go yes. and what mm -hmm. we needed to give more strength to. Yes. Um, so do you believe that um, this discussion we're going to have and this event is like a natural progression um, from that? Because in COVID, there were a lot of conversations started, yes. which I believe needed we need yes, to have. Yes. Oh, yeah. And this particular one, bridging the gap, I also believe we need to have. Oh, Do yes. you think that's a that was a natural progression? Oh, yes. I believe it was a natural progression because a lot of people, uh, I call them coward saints. Okay. There were coward oh. saints that really wanted to leave the church because right. they know yeah. they weren't getting what they should get. <laughs> And 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 I, I don't I don't fault them because okay. see they did sort of like what businesses do. There's a lot of corporations that when there's a, a pandemic or there's a crisis, all the people that give them problems that they wanted to real fire, they good. get rid of them those folks That's during that time. Good. So good. it was a lot of people that they were sick and tired of the uh, the Sunday uh, showboat, the Sunday. Um, feel good they okay. were sick and tired of it but they were connected because this was my mama church we've been right. going here for 20 30 years we grew up in this ministry right and they didn't they didn't have a way out okay. but COVID gave you a way out right but nobody took that way out to spend time with God right to find out what his strategic purpose was for their life mm -hmm. they just stayed away from church and did whatever they did but they didn't really connect with god right. so god can give them a, a a clear understanding of what their purpose was okay and what he where he was taking them awesome i will ask you the same question that i asked bishop like during this um last six months mm -hmm. um how have you changed how has this process affected you in preparing for this revival I can say that it has brought, it has gifted me purpose. I've been dealing with our church, with KGM experience, purpose. Because I believe that everything that God created, he created it for a purpose. Right. And man is the only creature that is living beneath their privileges based upon theology, religion, That's feelings, powerful. emotions. A tree will grow as, 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 as tall as it want to grow. Animals will just keep on multiplying and doing what they do as long as man leave them alone. Mm. But humanity has been, we have been dumbed down because of narcissism in the church under, with, with leaders. We've dealt with manipulation mm. and we've dealt with spirits that were not contrary to the word of God. And people are really addicted to these spirits instead of being addicted to the Holy Spirit right. to understand what God's purpose is right. for their life. That's definitely something we're gonna dig into um, in our Saturday morning session, yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me move on to Pastor McDowell. Um, I will ask you the same question. When you got the invitation, what was struck in you? Um, what compelled you to accept the invitation? Because you asked. Thank <laughs> uh, you, asked. Um, no, um, yes, of course, you, because you asked, but also this was something that was already 
stirring in me from before that. Okay. Um, for, for me, I've gone through a lot of transitions that brought me to a place where I have a strong dislike for religion. Okay. I didn't say the for, for the church. Right. I just said for religion, for for how we impose our desires, our will, what we want on people, and say it's God. Right. Oh my God. Mm. You know what wow. I'm saying? And then what we will do is we will demonize people who who expose the fact that that's not God. Right. And say, oh well, no, you're a witch. You're a this. You're that. Exactly. And it's like, at what point do we tell the truth and say, you know what, nah, you right. Exactly. At what point do we listen to the prophet Nathan and say, you know what, I was wrong, I was in sin, I, I shouldn't have did it like that. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying, at what point do we say, I need to change? Right. That, because as long as we're holding on, like, like I said before, as long as we're holding on to dead things, we're spreading dead things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you have a, a piece of fruit that's spoiling, you put it in the bunch with healthy fruit, it ends up causing to all the fruit to spoil. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? And that's what has happened. We've, we've accepted the little leaven of manipulation, yes. the little leaven of control and narcissism. We accepted the, the leaven of, you know what I'm saying, having, um, being on our power trip. Yes. Okay. And we don't realize that that power trip is killing people. Let me throw this out to um, any one of you can take this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, well, let me do, do a two-parter. Why do you think that is? Because when, why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. We're hearing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're hearing that it's recognized that these things were present mm-hmm. and that these things um, do not bring life. These mm-hmm. things hindered us. These mm-hmm. things literally caused people um, to die spiritually, caused mm-hmm. spiritual death. So, number one, why do we permit it? Mm-hmm. And then number two, um, besides telling the truth, of course, you have to reveal it. Mm-hmm. What practical things can we set in place not to go back to that to that again? Mm-hmm. Anybody? You want me to do it? Anybody? Okay, I'll take it. I'll take first one. Uh, Pastor Dye referred to them as coward things, and that's not holy. It's <laughs> it's but you have to be weak. In this type of situation, you have to kind of be fair. Right. In order to stand up to what seems to be the majority, it takes a lot of courage. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It, ta- it takes a lot of courage to say, this is wrong. Hey, y'all, this is wrong. This is wrong. And have everybody look at you right. as being the enemy. Have everyone who you genuinely care about. Yes. It's easy it's easy to say it's wrong when it's someone you don't really have any connections to. Absolutely. But when it's someone when it's a group of people that you consider to be family, mm-hmm. that you love, mm-hmm. that you grew up with, that these are the people that that, that, that you're so close to. Mm-hmm. How do you tell that person you're going in the wrong direction? Because because it, in in light of and knowing that there's going to be a backlash after that. Absolutely. Can I just interject? Go right ahead. There? You made such an amazing point because um, the theme that God gave me for this revival, mm-hmm. of course, is based on um, Moses mm-hmm. standing up to who used what you the person who used to be his brother. They grew yeah. up together. Pharaoh. Yeah. You know, this was not a stranger. This yeah, is not right. somebody he did not know. This is not somebody he did not walk in relationship with. Exactly. You know, they shared hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. um, and they both knew each other 
brother very well. Exactly. So can you imagine Moses standing in front of his brother, exactly. proclaiming, yeah. "Let my, my people, people go,", go. Yeah. as and, if I don't know you. Exactly. <laughs> so and, it's and, the same um, principle yeah. and uh, the same conviction. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we know that it's because of his encounter. Mm -hmm. This is the reason why I ask each and every one of you, mm -hmm. how are you being affected mm -hmm. in this process? Because I personally believe that there's no way that I can minister anything or uh, make anything relevant if it has not done anything for me. Mm -hmm. If I have not been challenged, mm -hmm. Um, and the things, in the way that I think, in the way mm -hmm. that I see things, in my judgment, in my perception, mm -hmm. how is it that what's coming from me mm -hmm. is going to impact anybody who hears what I exactly. have to say? So, um, again, Moses is process and his transformation mm -hmm. speak to him being able to be strengthened and convicted to stand in front of a system mm -hmm. that has been in place that's a strong. It was one of the strongest um, uh, cities in the land. Mm -hmm. But that conviction is what um, propelled him to stand there with the courage. Mm -hmm. And so what do you see? Let me ask you, Bishop, because you've been doing this a little longer than most of us. So mm -hmm. I want to hear you because, you know, um, and I, I saw a little um, conversation on social media concerning a question that was asked. I'm not going to go into it. Um, is that a typical response? Do we, well, we're challenged. Did you think it was a challenge? Um, the question was, as a... Uh, leaders, the new leaders today, what does it look like um, when we say come out from among them and be separate? What does that, what is that supposed to look like or what does that look like to us? So do you find, um, because you are um, one of our leaders um, today, do you find that people uh, mostly get defensive rather than just dealing with the subject itself? Well, I, I think a vast majority, well, for me, biggest okay. issue is we have been programmed not to speak truth to power. Okay. So That's immediately because go. a person is in authority, we feel as if we cannot question or say anything to them. Prime example, when I was much younger, um, my, my former pastor, she's uh, deceased now, mm -hmm. uh, would say to us all the time, if I'm wrong, pray that I'm right. But I was always the opposite. If you're wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I'm not going to pray you right, you're wrong. You know, and of course, I was always the... Yeah, yeah. Because he... But, but she understood. Kevin going to say what Kevin going to say. Yeah. Um, because I'm not going to pray you're right when you're wrong. Um, and I think that becomes a dilemma even now that we have reared... We, we not taught people how to properly... You can still address... Authority. Yes. This is a proper way it's to do it. Yes. For, for an example, um, in in the Jewish culture, children are taught never to challenge their their parent, their father, especially the father. So what Jew, Jew, Jewish children are taught to do, if their father is doing something that's contrary, they never question him about what he's doing. They'll ask him regard what the what the Torah or what the word says. Right. And a good example would be if a Jewish father um, is cheating on his wife. The son would never say, Daddy, I caught you cheating. Mm -hmm. He'll ask his father, what does the scripture say about that? Right. Yes. So I didn't accuse you of doing it. Right. Now I brought to your mind, uh, Daddy, yeah. uh, the scripture. I'm, I'm reflecting. The scripture. Right. My, my, me asking your question is now going to make you as a father think about it. Mm -hmm. right. And so what ends up happening now, we, we've created a, a, a leadership system that seems as if the leader can never be wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we don't speak to it. And then what ends up happening we then have a younger generation who's never spoken up, 
who've never asked questions to get clarity on what things happen. And so we've got now in the church the spirit of anarchy. Right. Mm-hmm. We're now sons and daughters raised up against fathers, and everybody, if you will, has just gone wild. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have to kind of break some of those mindsets and people and reteach, retrain, Absolutely. proper way for us to function and operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also senior leadership must come to a place of realizing when it's time to release and let go. Yes. And yes. not hold back, you know, because um, even that question I posed on social media, um, you know, and I quote, posed it to a younger generation. Absolutely. And even to me posing it to a younger generation, they became defensive Very of the fact defensive. that as an older leader, I would ask and I had to say, right. I'm asking because I want to know your thoughts. Your yes. thoughts. I don't want to hear from an old head because I got my own old, old head. head. That's right. I already know what they think. That's they right. think what I think. Right. Yeah. But I don't need somebody to tell me what I think. Yeah. I need somebody that's going to be an imposing thought yeah. that's going to challenge me as an older leader to say, Kevin, maybe you need to rethink this. Yeah. Right. Because how you're doing it right. is mm. how you've always done it, mm. how you were trained to do it. Right. But because you were trained that way doesn't mean it's right. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm going to let you um, speak on it in just one moment. But I wanted to interject this um, based on what Bishop said. Um, one of the reasons we're having the discussion on Saturday morning, and mm-hmm. the title is Bridging the Gap Between the Pulpit and the Pew, because we hear both sides. We hear pastors are wounded, pastors are tired, pastors are burnt down. We hear people say that, that they have church hurt. But the visual that the Lord gave me was um, of us come, let us reason together, right? Mm-hmm. We are all a part of the body. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen to bring healing and deliverance is that we have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said, we don't have conversations. We have folk talking at each, each other. other. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is um, part of ministry where we really do need to dialogue. Yes. And we need to hear everybody's side. We need to um, um, hear both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that um, the pulpit has legitimate concerns. We know that the pew has legitimate concerns. And we need to be in an atmosphere where those concerns can be laid out without folk being accused of stuff and, you know, people um, being defiant or pointing fingers and all of that we do have to learn especially in our culture we don't know how to talk to one another we do have to learn how to communicate so that healing can take place and that's the premise um, for why we're going to be having that discussion so uh pastor leroy back to you what um how have you been impacted in preparing um for this this discussion what have you noticed in your own personal growth um, I wouldn't say that it, it um, like I said previously, I wouldn't say that it, it was like a shift from something different. It was a progression in, in something that God was already dealing with through there. Okay. Um, so for me, it was more so of putting myself in the position of seeing it from both sides of the table. Right. Um, the only way that you can really honestly come to a, a consensus is if you're willing to say, hold up, let me suspend how I feel for right now. Okay. And listen to what you have to say so I can see it from your point of view. A lot okay. of times that's the reason why we can't come together is because I'm only looking at, at it from my point of view right. and how this affected me and right. how this affected this and how this affected that. And then if you don't understand. It's like, yeah, they, they don't. They don't understand. That's, that's true. true. Right, but you don't understand either. Right, you see what I'm saying, and you have to put yourself in another person's shoes before you can ever, ever, ever understand them. Okay. You, it, 
it's not to say that they they may not be wrong because a lot of times they may be wrong and you may be wrong right however how can you address it if you don't know the motivation behind the wrong right if you don't know the motivation behind the action, how can you, you address it? If you're basically, you're being rebellious and you're like, that, it wasn't even rebellion at the time. You know what I'm saying? It was like, because they felt this type of way and that's the reason why they reacted, why they reacted. You're right. calling them rebellious is only adding salt to the wound. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, we have to, for me, it's more so like, okay, Leroy, see it from both sides of the table so you're able to answer questions from both sides. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not just from one. It may make you long-winded, but at the, at the same time, it makes you more effective. Right. If you're able to say, okay, this is how the leader thinks. Mm-hmm. Now, leader, this is how the crew thinks. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And this is how we come together. How, this is how we bridge the gap. The only way you can find a way between two points is if you identify where you are and you identify where that next point is. Right. That's how GPS works. If you only know your point, you're going you're gonna to stay stagnated. Right. You're going to stay right where you that are. That's powerful. That's, <laughs> that's, that's deep. <laughs> um, so you had something you wanted to add. Go ahead and oh, add. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just um, I'm piggybacking off what Pastor said. It's just it's so true that we live in a society now. It, at KGM Experience, after every service, we have what's called sidebar. Okay. We don't do testimony service. We have sidebar. Sidebar gives me an opportunity to hear from the people how they feel about the message Wonderful. and what's going on in their lives. It helps me to write down what's happening so I can better channel my prayers mm-hmm. for them. So it that takes a humble leader yes. to sit and listen. See, as a leader, sometimes we can easily be apt to want to preach, to say something. I got something to say. But sometimes the leader have to shut up and listen to hear what the people are saying. Then it can better help the needs of the people. Absolutely. And I think that's the, see, the dispensation of time that we're in. We have leadership where the pastor will leave, but he'll put somebody in place that he can, that will be a puppeteer. You know, he'll be a puppet and he's a puppeteer for that particular individual. So the church suffers because the church got past the Moo Moo. Now they got past the Blue, but past the Blue was picked by past the Moo Moo. And all we get now is the same old thing. Recycle. Another manipulative, narcissistic leader. Recycle and dysfunction. Until you can get that fixed, somebody has to. You call the alcoholic anonymous right now. You can talk about mama beat you, daddy hurt you, and everything. They want to hear one word. They want to hear you admit yep. there's a problem. Mm. And the church, don't, leaders, leadership and leaders don't want to admit, I have a problem. Yes. And when you admit you have a problem, then the Holy Spirit is able to come in and start to help put the right people around you to get the healing that you need Absolutely. so that you can move forward in ministry. Absolutely. So I believe that, that's, that that is very important to not only have the dialogue, but somebody has to admit that they right. were, I was 31 years old when I had the opportunity to sit with my mother and talk with my mom. Because I grew up in a family where the word of God was taught. But as I began to study the word of God and see the promises, the precepts, see the, the, the laws, see all the, you know, read the word of God and get a clear understanding. I understood that a lot of what mom was teaching, it was teach, taught from a place of control. Right. And I was able at 31 years old to stand flat foot and talk to, with my mom. It was a heated discussion, mm-hmm. but it ended in peace. Okay. All because... I made the decision that I, and now I'm ordained 
in ministry. I'm preaching. I'm studying the word of God. But what mama said, kind of like the water boy, mama said, mama said, my right, mama said. Right, it was right. my, what mama was saying didn't line up with what the word of God was Absolutely. saying. So I went through counseling. I tell people all the time, Ooh, Christian, listen, God, listen, God, the Holy Spirit going to do it. I'm going to pray in fact. You done prayed fast. The apostle done laid hands on you. You done fell out. It's Get up, go sit on the couch necessary. and tell somebody what's going on it's with necessary. you. Pastors, leaders, pew pulpit. Absolutely. Get you some help because God has put men and women on this earth Absolutely. that can help you tap into what you're going through if you what? Admit you have a problem. Absolutely. I um, literally on that note, before we move to the next segment, I have to share this. Um, when the Lord was giving me availing ministries to birth, when mm -hmm. he, you know how he first uh, drops the concept. And um, I'm a pew baby. I'm like you. I'm a pew baby. I was mm -hmm. born and raised in the church. I started ministry at 15 years old. The Lord gave me to organize an outreach ministry and it goes from there, started preaching all of those things mm -hmm. um, and duplicating. But also in the process, I've seen a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that God impressed upon me in developing a relationship was to get to know him through his word. You know, I had a hunger to know the truth. I saw some stuff. It didn't line up. Mm -hmm. So I went to ask him about it. And then when he began to give me availing to birth, the, the number one thing that I desired was to be a responsible leader. Exactly. Um, because yeah. a lot of times um, in leadership, I did not see them take responsibility oh, yeah. um, for things that were said that were out of order, for things that were done that were out of order. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a responsible leader. And part of that for me was doing um, a reflection um, on some things where I was broken, mm -hmm. um, not in the spirit, because, you know, we get spirit down packed. We know yeah. how to fast. We know how to pray. We speak in tongues. We jump and shout. We quote all of the scriptures. So we got the spirit on lock boats. A lot a lot of times we overlook that soul what what's broken in our soul and that is the thing i needed to deal with Amen. in order for me to um be whole not bleed Amen. all over everybody Amen. and become a responsible leader and to your point i did um contact a therapist he's also um, a pastor, but he also is a Christian counselor um, and also educated. Mm -hmm. And for one solid year, mm -hmm. once a week, we went there. Mm -hmm. We dug in those places. And just like you said, it wasn't about what somebody did to me, because I think that's what a lot of people um, talk about. It wasn't what somebody did to me. What I was interested in is why it affected me, Yes. the way it affected me. And I needed to look that in the face because yes. if you're going to change mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. you got to call it, what, gotta it call is. what it is. And through that process, part of it was very painful, but it was necessary mm -hmm. because and, and the other thing coming out of it at the end of the year, the Lord made me to understand, because like I said before, how are you going to effectively minister? Right. Mm -hmm. If you didn't walk in the same places, if you didn't feel like Jesus did, he felt the same pain when he walked in this earth. He felt what we felt. Um, he was broken in places. He was hurt. He mm -hmm. was frustrated. He was disappointed. Yeah. So how could he be an effective savior if he could not touch us, touch us. Um, yeah. in those places? 
Amen. and I feel like mm-hmm. it's the same with leadership, especially today. Mm-hmm. Um, being a bridge, I believe that we are all called to be a bridge because we know both sides. Yes. You know, we know um, the leadership side and we know um, the follower side. Mm-hmm. So to be an effective bridge, we have to know what's going on with the people. We have to be able to do what Jesus did. We have to walk among them, hear their concerns, mm-hmm. um, no matter what uh, our opinion is about those things. And then we have to take the word of God um, as our point of reference and our measuring rod mm-hmm. and to make sure that we're staying in that vein. Amen. So um, I think that's what we're all saying yeah. um, in leadership. Yeah. I'm really Amen. excited about Amen. this weekend and to hear the discussions that are going to come forward. Um, so I want to move uh, um, forward a little bit um, to the next segment because we're going to get to know our panelists here. <laughs> Um, these men of God. Um, but uh, what I love about, you know, what God is doing with the leaders, um, they're not just in ministry, but they have personal um, businesses and efforts um, that they are also um, growing and developing, which I find very excited because I do believe we need to be a well-rounded. Amen. Leadership also needs to be very well-rounded. You know, we have found in the past that we were just very one-sided. Um, but I always say that we serve a multi-dimensional God. Amen. He's not just Amen. a one facet. He's not a one-trick pony. He is a multi-dimensional Amen. God, and we are created in his image. So that means Amen. that there are a lot of other layers um, and things going on that we need to be developing outside of what we're doing in ministry. So I'm going to start with Bishop, (laughs) the man of the hour who just dropped this amazing book. What's the name of the book, Bishop? Uh, The name of the book is Breaking the Spirit of Absalom, Uh, Don't Forfeit Your Destiny. Now tell me why that title. Uh, <laughs> the, the book was actually, uh, we've been pastoring for 24 years, mm-hmm. um, but the book was birthed out of being a pastor and leader who's mentored or had men and women serve under me mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that one of the dilemmas is a lot of times people are anointed, but they're not ready. Mm-hmm. They are divinely aligned for succession. Mm-hmm. They are who is next. Mm-hmm. And, but oftentimes, like Absalom in the Bible, who was to ascend to the throne from David, mm-hmm. but who allowed others yes. and false spirits mm-hmm. to fool him and trick him mm-hmm. to go against his father instead of walking in the spirit of humility, mm-hmm. forgiveness, and all these other things that the book kind of addresses. Right. He allowed that to push him um, because, of course, he has people telling him, you know, sitting at the gate telling him he's better than yes. his father, wow. and not him, him allowing him to speak to his mind, his head, and he forfeits his whole destiny. Wow. He, he dies, you know, he's hung in the tree. Mm. Uh, so he dies. Mm. So he li- he misses out on what God had for him next because he allowed that to creep in his heart. And seeing this current generation mm. um, who I've noticed want to be in leadership, mm-hmm. want quote unquote responsibility without accountability. Yes. Mm-hmm. And regardless to who My you God. are, I believe every leader every has leader. to have a leader. Yes. Right. Everybody got to have somebody who can check you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who can tell you, listen, you're annoying it, but sit down. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you, I know you got your own church, but right now you're in a bad season. Mm-hmm. Well, let somebody else preach this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times we don't like that. We That's don't like it. somebody to check us. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening, the moment we're checked, we run. Right. You know, um, um, 
So I get checked by my overseer, my bishop, my whoever. Mm. So that means the Lord called me now to pastor. Right. Mm. So now you go get your candy store and start. <laughs> candy and you don't recognize now you birth oh ministry <laughs> out of oh, disobedience, <laughs> out of rebellion. Um, because oftentimes when those things, when you're being challenged and you're anointing the grace is on you, mm. sometimes God's just telling you, sit down. I'm trying to show That's you right. something about you. Absolutely. You know, you take the story of, of uh, Abraham, Hagar and Sarah. Hey, uh, um, she was his. She was she was Sarah's handmaiden. Handmaid. But right. the Bible says when she goes and takes and runs away, God, the angel Lord, told her go back and go serve. Go back. So there's a lot of times we're trying to run from it, and God said, no, go sit, submit there. There's something I'm teaching you. Absolutely. Um, and the pro I believe one of the dilemmas and probably the book addresses is the mm -hmm. fact that we love to be celebrated. But I believe you learn more through correction than Absolutely. you do through praise. Absolutely. You know, if you can only have people that can praise you and nobody can chastise you, mm -hmm. there's a problem. That's a problem. Um, so the book kind of addresses some of those some of those things uh, and try to encourage uh, young men and women everywhere to learn to bloom where you're planted, learn how to submit, be careful of the spirits you influence that you allow to influence you to cause you to walk out of what God has uh, mm -hmm. for you. And um, so it's been birthed out of some situations I've had with okay. personal ministry. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, when I, I'm in reading the book, and it is very powerful, I um, encourage everyone. Um, this is not a church book. This thing really speaks to life. Wow. Um, the, yeah. the topic really speaks to life. And the thing that jumped out at me um, in reading, of course, was um, that the dichotomy with um, forgiveness mm -hmm. and offense. Talk a little bit about that. <laughs> well, okay, I, I am my perspective. Okay. Um, a lot of us in church operate from the spirit of offense. Absolutely. We'll be offended about something and never address it. Yeah. I believe one thing is what you will not confront, what you will not address or confront, handle, you can't be delivered from. You if you can't deal with it, and that's what we'll do. Again, we'll just leave the church. Mm -hmm. right? I have an issue, I'm going to just leave. No, I'm not just going to leave. I say to members of my church all the time, you don't leave your job like that. Because no. your mind says, y'all ain't paying my no bills. Right. Let's say right. the same thing in church. Y'all ain't sending me to heaven or hell. Exactly. So I've got to address it. If you will not confront it, you cannot be delivered from it. And a lot of us in church suffer from a spirit of offense, whether it's leaders mm -hmm. and, right. members. and members. Amen. You know, because you have leaders who, who've been offended, who, who are feel offended, and operate out of their emotions and their feelings, even when they teach or preach. Mm -hmm. You know, you I don't know, but you've sat in the church and hear them, Oh, I know. Oh, that's, oh, that's sermon for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just call my name. Right. You know. Um, and then the, on the forgiveness component is just walking in a place where you can live with a pure heart and, and forgiveness. I, I, and it, I guess I don't. I don't want to say I've always been, even as a kid, that no matter what a person does to me, I do not hold grudges. Right. Amen. When we when we get over it. I'm over with it. Mm -hmm. Now you can hold on to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe we have to get there as a body of believers yes. that we learn to really, really solidly forgive. I said to my saints, forgive don't mean I forget. Right. Because right. I don't have amnesia. Mm -hmm. I know what you did. But what I'm saying is when I forgive you, I don't hold it against you. Okay. That I release you from what you did. I release you from what you owe me. And we're good. Now that doesn't mean you're gonna get that same place in my heart again. Right. That's you right. ain't getting that same spot because now I don't trust you. That's right. But I still forgive, forgive you. you. That's right. You know, and I think that becomes a, a dichotomy with the church mm -hmm. that we've not learned how. And so we run around holding on to church hurt because church hurt excuses my behavior. Do you think yeah, church, you that phrase has been overused? It is overused. Oh, yes. Definitely. Overrated. 
because it excuses my behavior. Right. And we've all, I mean, honestly, I, again, I'm kind of awkward when it comes to my church, so I may say anything. Um, in regards, for example, church, we all been hurt. We've yeah. all been hurt. You know, at, at this point, honestly, not I don't take it lightly that people who've been molested, at this point, almost everybody's been molested. Mm -hmm. Everybody's almost been touched. To so at this point, there's some things you cannot keep using for your excuse mm -hmm. not to move forward, Amen. not to um, do what God has called you to do, not mm -hmm. to move forward in everything aspect of your life. And a lot of times we, we're using it in church Amazing. because again, it allows us, it gives us an excuse to do what we want to do. And we then what happens also, then we try to gravitate to people who give us excuses. Yes. Yes. So we gravitate to leadership who, oh, it's going to be, no, 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 right. no, no. You need leaders going to tell you, okay, I understand. Mm -hmm. Let's work on this. Let's get over this Absolutely. because there's more for you. Right. You know. Awesome. Excellent. So um, give us the title of the book again, Bishop. <laughs> uh, Breaking the Spirit of Absalom, Don't Forfeit Your Destiny. Where can we get that book? It's available on Amazon. Uh, Kindle. I Amazon got it on Kimmel. the Kindle. It's also available yeah, in paperback and um, hardback. Amen. Awesome. Get yeah, that book. Sure that it's book. amazing. Yeah. All right, let's move um, over to Pastor John, yes. um, who not only pastors KJM. KGM. KGM. Um, but he's a love balladeer. Talk to the people about being John the love balladeer. Uh, but she skipped. I've been a 15-year business owner. Oh. I've been in business for myself 15 okay. years. Okay, we're going to that. But yeah. I want you to talk yeah. about John the love balladeer right now. talk about the love balladeer. Yes. But also, I am uh, uh, Pastor John, a.k.a. J.D. <laughs> the love balladeer. Yeah. Help us to understand who he is. Who he is is a man of purpose. God has God has uh, gifted me ever since I was about seven, eight years old. I've been singing not only in church, but singing at uh, the neighbors' parties. The, the, the my aunts and aunts would have parties, and I was always singing. Okay. And they wanted me to sing whatever song they put in front of me. I could sing country, pop, rock, R and B, okay. jazz. Even I'm working on opera at this point. Come on here, opera. So, <laughs> So uh, uh, when I started um, mm -hmm. singing uh, with J.D. the Love Valley, actually I was trying to figure out what to do because I was at that crossroad of uh, three years, uh, one year sabbatical after COVID that turned into three years sabbatical. Okay. And um, I was just done with the church. I was done with religion. I was just done. I was, I, I, it was a wrap. Okay. You know, I had been uh, eight years remarried, then divorced after eight years because God spoke to me and told me eight years, eight months, eight minutes, eight more days, you're going to get the same thing you're getting. I didn't tell you to be here in the first place. Wow. So now I'm dealing with COVID in the, the telling of COVID, divorced. And asking God, saying to God, okay, I'm done with ministry. Okay. I'll just do the love balladeer. Uh -huh. I'll just sing. And I prayed. And he said, sure, of course. He, okay. he released me to do it. And I had a friend of mine that said, well, you that's in ministry, you need to make up your mind. You need to do one or the other. You, man, you can't serve God and, and mammon. Uh -huh. I said, that's not what the scripture meant. Right. I said, the Bible said my gifts will make room for me and put me in the presence of great people. I said, don't you know, quite a large number of my members now are people that we met when we sang Love Balladeer in Hollandale Beach. And I prayed for people and laid hands for people, stopped in the middle of the show and prayed for a young lady whose father was rushed to the hospital because he had coded. Wow. She called, came back and told us after you prayed, they said something happened and he 
now okay and he's out in, in recovery i said so what we've done i said is we said okay well i can't do and i i said mm -hmm. i said i said i can't do the singing the r&b singing because you know people are going to judge me and say oh how can a pastor sing love song uh -huh. but these this very platform is the platform that god has given me to not only to witness the people and share the good news of jesus christ but also a platform to bring us grown and sexy folks together. We don't have to worry about the teeny boppers. Come on out. here. Yeah. And, it is, and you know what? It is all in order. Yeah. Because as I said yeah. before, this is who we are as a people. If yeah. we, it, we're not just one uh, facet. We're not just one layer. There are yeah. different layers. And what I've learned in my uh, walk with God, I was thinking about this the other day. I literally have been saved for 45 years. Wow. And one of the things that I've learned is that we are ever learning. Ever learning. We are ever grow growing. And even at this stage, I'm still learning things Amen. about myself. Amen. And that's what happens when we walk in relationship with God. So I want to um, ask you now, when you started out with doing um, uh, JD, the Love Balladeer, did you know that it was going to be intertwined now with the way you do ministry? Oh, yes. I knew it. Okay. I knew it. I, I knew it right away because uh, it was, I, want, I knew it was a platform where I would, would take me where there was no Christian people. Wow. And it would open up a door, okay. an opportunity for me to pray and share with people and testify and lay hands I've walked with, we've laid, we've joined hands and prayed okay. in the midst of so I knew it was a setup because I said Jesus had been Jesus came and Jesus was here for three years he empowered 11 disciples and he released them and sent them out two by two and the world has been upset afterwards okay only two times I can recall if my Bible theo the theologians that Jesus was in the church with the whip out people you know, and when his mom and daddy took him and he was there, I, I, I don't, I, he, the majority of the time he spent talking to the father, his father about his purpose and his plan. I think that there should be a five year turnover in every ministry. After wow. five years, the people that have been under you for five years should know because of your leadership what their purpose is. That's true. They should know what their destiny is. They should know what their, their desires are because why we have been empowering people to become effective key kingdom agents. We haven't been empowering people to become effective kingdom agents. We've been empowering people to come back so we can get our tithes and offerings and our first fruit and all the other stuff we want to get. Yeah. But I think it's a time, the season where we have to be gifted and we have to have multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. We should have, as, as leaders, I say we, as leaders, we, my preacher can't be broke, snag a tooth, and hurt and trying to tell me to get to God. He can't be fat and out of shape and trying to tell me to trust God. You know, he, he can't. Fat and out of shape. You know, I, he can't. I'm sorry if, if I'm going off rip, but you can't. You know, I'm trying to slide you a mint and you stick it in your pocket. No, something is wrong here. Something's going on. I'm so, so what I'm trying to say is that leadership should exemplify Absolutely. what we are aspiring to it be sure not the lights and camera an action example. in the pulpit yeah. but my purpose my destiny your call could be a doctor a lawyer i told one young man who told he was adamant about me that i need to stop loving loving so but i told him i say you raise and take care of horses mm -hmm. i say that people bet on these horses that you raise and take care of i say that's not god but you love to do that right. i'll stop loving soul if you stop that tomorrow 
He said, oh, no, Brother Pastor, I never thought of it like that. I said, well, start thinking. Right. Because that's the problem mm -hmm. with the society. We're not thinkologists. We don't think enough. We just follow yeah. the whims of whatever's going on. I hope I didn't go off track. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, you're absolutely fine. I always believe that we should be an example of what we're preaching and what mm -hmm. we're teaching. Amen. And in reference to that, if um, you can tell that a person is undisciplined in certain areas yeah. in their lives, and, you know, they need to get that together in yeah. order to be able to effectively yeah. minister. Anybody have anybody anything <laughs> to add to that? Um, Pastor Leroy, I'm going to ask you this. You've been pastoring now for 10, 11, 12 years. Oh, 13, 11, 11, 12. 12. <laughs> You know, it's, you know it's long when you start doing it. <laughs> what is what is different now than when you started? What's different about the ministry? Me. Okay. Yeah. That's a good That's answer. A good Me. And what is different about you? A whole lot. <laughs> tell us. Um, no, nah, because um, one thing about ministry, ministry and, and marriage do the same thing. It forces you to look at yourself. Yes. In both situations, you can't, you can't rely on pointing your fingers. Okay. You can't rely on saying, that's the problem, that's the problem. You have to look at yourself and say, okay, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. What am I not saying? What am I not doing? What am I not accomplishing? Why is this not going the way it needs to go? Okay. And, and in, in, answering those hard questions uh that's where you find growth that's where you find where you begin to change your your mindset begins to change how you handle things begin to change how you handle people changes yeah. how you handle yourself changes yeah. mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we had this discussion before yeah. a lot of times people have a, a relationship with your gift and not you yeah my god you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tell me about what what goes on with the gift and and versus what well, goes on with you. because the gift because the gift is from God. God is, doesn't need nothing. Mm. He never needs anything. He's always strong. He's always you know saying the gift is always working. All the all kind of stuff like that. We ain't all that like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, you, we, you we, we wear out. We get tired. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The gift and doesn't I, get tired. I'm gonna be. I'm a, for me personally. I ministry and marriage forced me to conquer a lot of insecurities. Okay. Yes, it forced me to, to 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 confront it, to look it right in the face and say, okay, yeah, this is what it is. I I, I deal with this, I deal with that. Now now being honest with myself about what I deal with was uh, empowered me to be honest with other people. Right. With what I dealt with. Right. And then that gave them the ability to say, hold up, could I told someone I told my church I said, every single time, I said, for you guys who, who think that you're not worthy and that you can't do what God called you to do, I said, every time you see me before church back there, I'm going through a whole anxiety attack. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, man, if the people going to come, I'm like, yeah, am I going to forget what I'm supposed to say? Is this going to happen? What's going on? Oh, my God. God, please be with me. And then I come up there, and they're like, but you always look so confident because you see in the Lord. That's right. <laughs> With a T. You're not going to add the T. The Lord. You're seeing the Lord. You're not seeing Leroy. Right. So because of that, you think Leroy is always confident, that Leroy always has it all together, that Leroy is always strong, that Leroy is always, you know, 
has everything under control mm -hmm. when in all actuality Leroy is panicking right. <laughs> mm -hmm. and hoping that the, the that the light stays on and hoping that <laughs> <laughs> that something doesn't go wrong and that this person don't don't act up and that that person don't do it you you're going through all these things in your head mm -hmm. as you're ministering the gospel because mm -hmm. Leroy's still a person absolutely you know what i'm saying like i'm still a, a human being that's right and i'm dealing with a whole lot of stuff in here okay the person who talks the worst to me is me <laughs> there has no one has ever talked to me worse than myself. That's why when people talk bad me, I'm like, you have never said anything <laughs> never said, yeah, to me. That I haven't already said to myself. You can't. You can't. All you doing is confirming stuff that I already said. You see what I'm saying? Once you get to that point, once you get to that point where you understand this is where you are, this is where you are, this is what you deal with, then you can help someone else. This is this is how. I was able to do this. Right. You saw me do this, right? Yes. Okay, the reason why I'm able to do this is because of Jesus. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I'm being for real. This is not me, you know, uh, uh, doing the hoopla. This is yeah. not rhetoric yeah. for me. Yeah. This is right. for me. The reason why I'm here mm -hmm. is because of Jesus. There is no other reason. There is Amen. no other reason why. I am here. There's no Amen. other reason why I'm still pastoring. I would have gave that a long, long time, time ago. ago. Wow. My God. <laughs> My Mighty God. My God. Like, long time ago, I, if I was cool, you know, I was cool being in media tech. Going to camera too. I was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Control that easier. Yeah. I don't have the, I don't have the answer for nobody. I don't have you to go to God and answer for Right. So it's it, trust me, if it was if it was my choice, but thank God I submitted. Amen. Yeah. Thank Amen. God I said, okay, I'm gonna do what you want, want me to do, and thank God for that because what it, it what it helped me do is to see myself in a whole different light, and a lot of times we have to see ourselves in a whole different light. Amen. We should we sell ourselves so short because we don't see ourselves from God's perspective. Yeah. Awesome. We're getting ready to wrap it up, but I do want to also, um, you guys to speak on, uh, just a little bit about your businesses. You know, okay. you're not just pastoring, mm -hmm. um, but you guys also have businesses that you've been given your talents and gifts that you're developing. So talk to us about your business, which is, what is the name of your business? Rock Studios. And what happens within Rural Rock Studios? Studio. He's so deep, Bishop. You know, I always yeah. tease Leroy uh, because Studio. he likes to eat peanut butter and jelly with Jesus. Look, it was a peanut uh, butter and jelly. And swinging his legs as he My asked feet be on questions. the ground. <laughs> <laughs> First of, all, on the bro, first of all, I'm tall enough. My feet hit the ground. Hey, don't be like this. It be like this. So, so talk to us a little bit about Ruach. Uh, Ruach Studios is a photography and videography company uh, that uh, the Lord allowed me to start back in 2009. Uh, thankfully, we've been doing pretty good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we do uh, video uh, videography, video editing, photography, retouching. Uh, we now can do live streaming. Um, and it's just been a blessing. Yeah. Awesome and amazing. Um, and how can the people get in contact with you? Uh, um, you can reach me on my business line at 754-777-8224. Or you can reach out to me on my website. That's rstudios.com.
A-S-dot-M-E. Okay. Pastor John, you mentioned a business yes. that you have developed for the last 15 years. What's the name of your business? It's called JAD Services. Okay. Uh, it's JAD, actually, it's JAD's uh, Pest Control Service. Okay. I was doing pest control for about 15 years. Now. Okay. And now give us the information. Tell the people how they can contact you. They can reach you. me at 786-227-4422 or either J J. I'm going to tell you, Cassandra, you. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, Spell I'm going to tell you, 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 at walk, it's Walking Testimony Incorporated, okay. uh, and it was birthed out of a friend of mine with a partnership, um, where a T-shirt that says Walking Testimony, uh, because we want to encourage the saints of God to go back to sharing their testimony, mm -hmm. because we all have one. Yes. Uh, may not be the same, but we all have something that we can testify. Bible says they overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony, mm -hmm. and so we want to encourage the people of God to start sharing what God has brought us out of, brought us through. Um, because a lot of times we're not as believers transparent with people mm -hmm. to let them know uh, I once was right. or I still am. Right. <laughs> I'm still struggling <laughs> with. We kind of get on the halo scene, like I'm just ready to go to be go to heaven. Um, and so that like shirt is kind of uh, wow. what we do, walking testimony. Yeah, she, she doing okay, yes, and I need to get a jogger. <laughs> um, how can we access, how do we um, get us a walking testimony jogger or t-shirt? Well, just go via um, Facebook, it's on Facebook page, and on Instagram under walking testimony. Okay. And just inbox some messages, and we'll get it to them. Amazing. I, I can awesome. attest. It's very well quality uh, apparel. I have a, I have a couple of shirts, You're actually. Testimonial. <laughs> I'm giving <laughs> testimonials. <laughs> about the t-shirts. The t-shirts are awesome. Um, I, I, I am proud to announce that uh, we also will be uh, sporting walking yes. testimony apparel mm -hmm. uh, for this revival in addition to our Iron Sharper Iron t-shirts. Mm -hmm. um, so um, God bless you, Bishop. We are grateful for you. Grateful for each and every one of you. Bishop, what's the name of your church? True Praise Family Worship Center, where I am the senior pastor transitioning to, to I, well, I'm going to stay the state see you pass but someone else is going to be leading the church All yeah. right. um, but he'll be um, fully in charge I, I believe I believe um, one of the things that God is doing um, is there's a generation that it's time for us to say y'all can have this Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I'm still going to love God Amen. but again I've been in ministry all of literally all of my life so far 54 years I've been in the church. Grandfather was a pastor the whole nine yards. Um, and when I started pastoring for the first ooh, 10 or 12 years of pastoring, me and my wife never missed a service, never missed a Bible study, never missed a Sunday morning. We didn't go on vacation for 10 years. Wow. Everything was Jesus, 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 church, 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 ooh. church. Wow. And there comes a time when you've got to recognize, okay, it's time for you to live you to enjoy what God has for you to live and also recognize when God has graced others to do. Yes. You know, someone else has to take it on. 
Um, and I think, again, that's one of the issues with church. They got a whole lot of issues with church. Yeah. Um, but one of those issues is that a lot of senior leaders don't recognize when it's time to really pass, pass the baton. Amen. And pass not, not pass it, I'm going to run it and control it. Right. But pass and say, do whatever you, you want to do. Yeah. If I show up, I show up. If mm. I don't, don't, don't bother me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Just go ahead and have church. Amen, Bishop. You know, um, <laughs> and allow that because we're in a different day and a time and again. Um, there are a lot of strongholds that us as older leaders hold that are hindering so the church from moving forward. So and I'll give you a prime example, and I'm going to shut up. No, um, I, you know, and I, I don't have an issue. My personal issue was, no. uh, like nowadays, the church has, you go to a lot of churches, they got all the black walls. The, the worship is with dim, 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 dim lights, yeah. with the smoke screen coming. So yeah, for me, and I quoted it, I said, well, men like darkness because their deeds are evil. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting up here in this dark worship. No, y'all conjuring spirits. Right. So that was for me. Right. And so I still today, I struggle with going to services like that. I'd right. be like, let me sit by the back door. Yeah. In case y'all start up, I'm out of here. Right. You know, but necessarily I can find no scripture, right. no scriptural base that says something is wrong with it. That's right. just my preference. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. But should I allow my preference to hinder a move of God? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so you've got to recognize when there are things that are coming new that are not necessarily sin, mm-hmm. that are not necessarily contrary to the word of God, right. but you hold them. Right. And it's hindering mm-hmm. people from moving forward. Now, I'm not going to go as far as, you know, there's some things I just ain't crossing the line on. Yeah. Right. We ain't for an electric slide. We ain't, no, we ain't doing that one. We ain't, walk you know, we, we ain't going to walk it out. We ain't going <laughs> to surf and wave. We just say yeah. <laughs> some things we not going to do surf over here. Wave. That's right. Okay. <laughs> um, but I can't allow my personal preferences and beliefs that have no biblical base right. to hinder the move of God. Awesome. And so I'm kind of transitioning more to a father phase where I'm actually pastoring pastors right. and not pastoring just people. Right. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Amen. And um, what's the name of your church? KGM Experience. And where are you guys located? We're located in Miami, Carroll City Park. That's 18500 Northwest 32nd Avenue, Miami Gardens, Florida. We're there first, second, and third Sundays right. only first, second, and third Sunday. And what's going on on the last Sunday of the month? The last Sunday of the month, I'm a newlywed, and me and my wife must spend time together. I will not be church burned out. Oh. And the fourth Sunday of the month, we normally pray. The fifth Sunday of the month, in the, in the month, uh, we're normally on the road somewhere traveling. It might be Vegas, it might be New York, it might be Georgia. Help the people. I have a life. I will not be burned out. If you can't get it on first, second, and third <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> you will not get it. Help them to understand what's going on at KGM. Well, see, that's, that's the difference. You know what I'm saying? That whole mindset mm-hmm. shifting where, again, I grew up, and that would be, oh, something wrong. Especially yeah. yeah. him going go. to Vegas. But, but now, right. First time I went to Vegas, preacher, first time me and my wife went to Vegas. Mm-hmm. First of all, we... Oh Lord, we going to hell. We in Vegas. <laughs> so we literally, we literally, for the week we were in Vegas, we went to timeshares to watch timeshare presentation to get our money back because we sh- we sh- had no business being here. Wow. Because that wow. was the mindset. Wow. Yeah. You know, and so it took years to start saying, it's a place. The, hell. Yeah. Yeah. the earth is you know? the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It took a long time to go to the moon. And it's amazing because my wife <laughs> come from, my wife, <laughs> my wife now, I'm a newlywed, mm-hmm. only one year married. <laughs> but my wife is a, came from a Pentecostal church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Sunday, every Sunday, mm-hmm. Bible study, going, blah, blah, blah. And I told her, I said, just think about it. 
Jesus spent less time in church, church than we, we spent, and we're still behind the eight ball. Well, he did his thing. He we're spent less time. Right. So, yeah, so that's what's going with KGM Experience. Come and definitely stick and stay for sidebar at the awesome, end. Awesome, awesome. Pastor Leroy, what's the name of your church? The Gate Restoration Center. And what's going on at the gate? Everything. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the gate, the gate. What's uh, your location? What's your address? We're we're at seven one zero one West Commercial Boulevard, Suite four A. That's four Alpha, Tamarack, Florida three three one nine. So thank you guys for joining thank me you on you Glow Girl, and thank you out there for uh, joining us. And we hope that you have an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in to you Glow Girls the journey. I hope something was said to assist you on your own personal journey. Remember, it's not the destination, it's the journey.